this podcast produced by Van Garrett Media. Yeah. So <laughs> I love it you so don't. much. You we don't. both have ADD. It is so obvious. <laughs> Welcome to the Share Your Hotness Podcast. Share your hotness. Now, here's your host, Lita Green. Okay, so Chris, if I remember correctly, I met you and your wife originally, and tell me if I'm wrong, when I was selling makeup at a booth at the Utah County Women's Show. That sounds right. Does that sound right? Okay. That and you. Right. I do remember, I don't know that I met you, but you did a uh, TEDx or something like that where you came out in a bathrobe with your hair everywhere like Medusa. And I I have in my head that you had a cigarette in your mouth, but that can't be, <laughs> like that can't be right. But that's no, sort of I what I remember. I didn't have a cigarette, even though I am smoking hot. What? Yeah. <laughs> But <laughs> people, you can't just that that comes with experience. That's right, right. So that was the, the smoke. that kind of awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I think so. I think I saw you, and I remember um I was there with a couple of other people, and um I just remember thinking um how positive the message was and uh, and just how much I enjoyed listening to you. I mean, I've heard people say you're awesome. Everything's great. You know, a million times I've been to a thousand, you know, motivational addresses or whatever, but I really thought your take on it was, uh, was different, was, was, um, very down to earth and really relatable. And, and, uh, so then I think that was before, and then you were selling makeup at the booth and I'm like, we have to go talk to this woman. You're going to love her. And, uh, that turned out to be dead. Right. So, uh, well, you're, yeah, so I think you're, um, it's been now. So how long ago is that? That's a while I, now. I, I would say, okay, so I didn't start speaking until 2011. So that dates it, but I've been selling makeup now for 20 years and I've been a makeup artist for like almost 30. So, yeah, so it's gotta be eight, nine years, probably. Yeah. Something like gotta that. Be. And I always love it when men are at the women's shows. Because that shows oh, yeah. they are confident, strong men. And it also says a lot about the relationship. Because a lot of women, I've noticed in my line of work, have the money they want their husbands to know they spent and the money they don't want their husbands to know they spent. And so if you're at a, a woman's show with your husband, that says you guys talk about the money. And that's sexy. Uh, yeah, um, about that. Um, the, <laughs> that's true. Oh, wait, wait, before you say that, I have to say thank you for the beautiful testimonial of my speaking. Thank you very much. Okay, back to your point. It's amazing. It's impossible that you can book this woman and regret it. Like, I don't care what group it is. Stop. So just do it. Book her and save yourself a lot of time and trouble. (laughs) You don't have to think about it. Trust me. I I know people who can speak. Well, the the thing is, the funny thing is, I I think I remember that show. uh, that, that you were at. And I like to go to those. Like, I think those are fun. Um, I just like people. And, um, and I, having been a dude all my life, I like women a lot. And, uh, there are a lot of women at women's shows right, and not right. men at women's shows. So that's great. And, um, which is why I like to go to them. Cause I like women a lot too. Right. Well, I, what's not to like? Yeah. <laughs> so my, my wife and I, um, and you were talking about, you know, we talk about the money. Um, right. I actually, um, she handles 
almost all of the household stuff. Right. Uh, we have a basic rule that if it's over a certain amount of money, then we have to talk to each other about it. Otherwise, you know. So what's that amount of money? Has it changed um, over the years of your marriage or has it stayed kind of static? Some, some but not a lot. Um, she is the daughter of an accountant. Um, uh, who guy was a certified public accountant forever, um, very organized and disciplined. My wife has always been that way. Um, straight A student. She was, you know, number three in her graduating class, et cetera, et cetera. Like she's always my been husband very... was number two in his graduating class. So I'm getting the picture here because he, he, so, he handles the household budget and my business finances. And I make more money since he's handled the money. Absolutely. (laughs) So we really just looked at it and said, well, who's better suited, you know, to handling this stuff? I think the mortgage comes out of my account. Um, I buy the groceries because I, one of the places that I teach is right by the grocery store. So it's easier for me to do it. So um, I, I, my son, Nathaniel, my 14 year old son and I, we go buy the groceries every week. Um, She handles most of the you know taking care of the kids need shoes or they you know what and and my experience i spent 15 years in finance and i saw all kinds of couples coming oh, yeah. in and out yeah, yeah. Um, doing mortgages or whatever and um i started getting really nervous about working with couples where they would come in and the husband would do all the talking because generally speaking what that would mean is that um, we were going to have a problem down the road with, um, she's going to have to sign the documents too, and she's not going to understand what it is. And there's going to be, you know, I don't want to call it bullying exactly. It's not quite the right term, but, but not the same level of like mutual buy-in. Right, and right, right. That was just so important for it to be a great experience. Um, I, I do not take my wife to trade shows that I go to, but I love to go to her trade shows. I like, I like meeting people anyway, but I also think that the, that generally speaking, she does a better job with, uh, with being smart with the money and going to those shows gives me an opportunity. This is kind of a cheat. I mean, she's right here, but she's not listening to what I'm about to say. Yeah. But she's laughing on cue. Yeah. This gives me a great opportunity to like suss out. Okay. What does she look at? Like, where does she spend extra time? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Inevitably, there's going to be another birthday. Inevitably, we're going to have another anniversary. Inevitably, Christmas is going to come again. And I'm going to be going. I don't know. With 2020. (laughs) So, But I do know what to get her because I went and I paid attention to what it was that she was that she was looking at. Um, and I, I think whenever you can have an opportunity to do that, to actually, you know, like observe someone in their natural habitat, so to speak, <laughs> uh, you should take it. Uh, I, because you learn such interesting things and especially um, someone you love. Yeah. And we can take a chance. I mean, we, we have plenty of opportunities to talk to each other, um, about, uh, when, you know, at, at booths and whatever, I love asking people questions. Like I like business. One of the reasons I wanted to talk to you was because you were involved in business and you, you clearly had an idea where you wanted to go. Well, I'm, that's a story. And I, I want to know what that story is. And, um, products are amazing. And the way that you communicate with the, the people that were there was just, it was just great. Like you were mostly interested in, is there something I have that will make this person's life better rather than how much product can I move? And 
And that was so atypical and so refreshing. It was just, um, it was just cool. And there were a lot of people like that at, at that show and at subsequent shows. So, I mean, wh- what's not to like? Why wouldn't I, um, why wouldn't I do that? Well, I need to, when you start a PR company, I need to make sure that you're managing my PR because you. Oh, I don't manage things. <laughs> That's not a thing you want me to do. You don't want me to manage a five-year-old birthday party, but you do, you do, no, but, however, want me to show can't. up manage a five-year-old birthday party yeah but yes we definitely want chris to show me to come like when you when you have someone manage your pr make sure they manage me into it somehow and i'm happy right right well i i have i i do have someone who will handle you know some speaking pr for me like my agent you know if i need interaction that way and i have a media company but but really you just uh what an idea me what what did i do i'm just tossing an idea over the hey babe an agent what would that like how well, could that be life transforming well, it's, well some speaking engagements are like so who's your agent or who's your you know do right. you know person and i'm like our people will call your people yeah right and so you know you want to sound more legit you don't want to be like oh did, did you want to talk to my teenager or you know <laughs> like you know i didn't want to be like i want to be like yeah i have the people i have all the people right yes i'll have my people get a hold of your people right so i pay my agent when i need that by the hour <laughs> Right. And so that's you don't good. have to tell me this stuff. I mean, no, can, this, is, you know. this is good. But then when somebody like contacts me and I'm like, I don't I don't know enough about that world to make a decision if this is a good opportunity or a good direction. I can have him look into it. And he goes, oh, yeah, this is a scam. This is a waste of time. Yeah, you don't want to do or, this. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, this and is you're a good the, thing. I, you're probably to the stage in your career where that's kind of an issue where you, you are going to be able to say yes to everything and you need to make sure that your time is focused in the places that it can do the and most good. I think um, that it's really yeah, cool I mean, to reach that place. It's really yeah. fun to reach that place. It yeah. is nice to have people that, you know, start coming to you and wanting you instead yeah. of having to always yeah. make a phone call. Yeah. But I do want to say I've never been at a point in my career where I haven't had to manage the opportunities. Because really? every, every day you make different decisions about your opportunity, no, right? You're right. That's and true. And as a parent and a wife, which both of those roles I love and I relish, I can't do all the business things and still no, be there no, in you my relationship. Possibly. You think you're saying yes to this one thing, but the thing right. is you're going to meet 20 people there. That's going right. to lead to additional opportunities. I mean, they, they mushroom and... Um, and you literally can never have enough time to chase all of the squirrels. I mean, there just aren't enough yeah, hours. And so in like the in the trade shows, especially in the old days, you know, I'd be calling every single woman, you know, two, three right. days of follow up. Now I have a texting thing. I'm like, oh, and I am probably losing some of the opportunity and a little probably. bit of connection, but the time savings is worth it. You know, but Probably. here's the thing, how I choose to say yes. I have to have three reason, reasons to say yes. So I'd be curious of your thoughts. I so, like that. For example, I don't do girls night out. I decided if I'm going to maintain my most important relationships and have my business and do my volunteer work, that going out to every networking girls night out opportunity was going to be taking away from time that was too precious for my family. So the only way you can get me out of my house in the evening is if I'm making money and not as a woman of the night. I just like to be clear with the moniker of hotness. Um, Or if, you know, it's with my husband, I'm on a date, I'm with my kids, that kind of thing. Or there's, um, you know, a really deep, like, 
kids, like t- speaking to teenagers, I, I I have a soft spot for that. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I teach junior high and high school and college. Um, so I'm at three different schools. And uh, so I hang out with teenagers basically all the time. In fact, um, uh, about an hour ago, I was wrapping up a panel for Life's Universe and everything. I'm, I'm on several panels at the writing conference there. Uh, they're all virtual this year, and it's been really kind of interesting to watch them. Uh, but last night, a couple of my students bought tickets to the conference, came to my, virtually came to my panel. Right. And today they sent me an email and said, hey, can we come and watch you do this live? And so they sat here in the room while I did the panel and took notes on everything and grabbed a whole bunch of stuff off of it. And I just, I mean, you know, we don't have school today. Uh, the school that I, that they go to that I teach uh, at doesn't have class on Friday. Um, so they didn't have to be here. I mean, it wasn't an assignment or anything. And I, right. I didn't, you know, they I were paying be, attention to could be like too learning. important to hang out with the teenagers or whatever. But just like what you're saying, like speaking to teens, like I'm probably going to say yes to that. And I think it's really important for um, for people like you to say to say yes. Or maybe maybe I should even include both of us to say for people like us to to um, to say yes to those kinds of things, because one of the things I find with teenagers a lot is as they look ahead to the kind of life that they're going to live. I mean, obviously the number one example is whatever is in their home. And that is not always a great uh, experience. Although a lot of times it is, but even if it is, that's one story, right? And to be able to have somebody come and talk to them whose story is definitely going to be out of the mainstream of what they're used to hearing, mm-hmm. I think is super important because I think that broadens their, their, then they're like, well, wow. I mean, I don't have to do this. I could, you know, look at what she's doing. Look at what he's doing. That's just weird, but they seem really excited and happy about it. Maybe those opportunities are open to me too. So I think it's kind of fun to be able to do that. And maybe even especially these days where getting people together is so hard that that's, that's really important to, yeah. to do that. I, so I'm, I'm totally with you on that. Like they, I kind of feel like it's almost uh, a duty of becoming a successful uh, yeah. person. And I'm not just talking about financial because I think financial is just no, no. one mode of success. But becoming a successful person, if you're not giving back somehow to the youth, you're. I yeah, feel like you're kind of missing the boat on something that's not going to be incredibly joyful, but helping, you know, it's just about the children. <laughs> Chris, I love your facial expression. You're I hate like, that. I like, hate that. Amen. Right? I hate it. Hate it. Hate it. I hate the. It's about the children. Hate that. Look, all they do is consume. All they do is eat my food. They produce essentially nothing for eighteen years, and then they leave. And so, don't tell me it's about the children. It's like, I hate. I hate to manipulate that on the podcast. You're missing Chris. He is definitely outside of me the most animated person. No, you're more animated right now. He's like doing all these hand gestures. Like my sign language brain wants to be reading it. So definitely catch this one on YouTube because he is uh, very animated, which is why we're I, so good at speaking to kids. I, I had one of the, one of the people in the chat in the panel that I was in was like, is he always like this? Yes. Uh, and I, he, yeah, the kids that were there were actually on the chat and they busted up laughing when they saw that and they're like they have n- these people have no idea like this is way toned down from mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how it normally is when i teach when i teach class i'm all over the- i don't we don't have a lesson it's a show it's i have episodes yes, yes. and the classes Absolutely. are all organized by episode um which is always but- funny to me as a speaker when people will come up 
then I find out, you know, come up after to congratulate me or, you know, always amazing blah, blah, blah. And I like ask them questions about them and they're a teacher. And I'm like, I just did for an hour what you do for six hours every day. Right, right. You know, and uh, yes, and maybe I'm more entertaining than some, but definitely not Chris Jones. <laughs> You're a very entertaining. Well, that's very kind of you. Yes, You're probably yeah. right. Um, but, and you don't uh, have the hair I do. So, but, you know, just. Um, I actually, I was, as well, I'm going to just drop this into the podcast so it doesn't get lost. But um, I have been considering um, when you, you were going to have me on the podcast, I started thinking to myself, you know, I should see if I can have like guests come in on, on the show. You know, because the kids would eat that up like they would adore you. And I we'd have to work out, you know, how that worked kid. and why, because there, yeah. there are actually things I'm supposed to be teaching. I don't know that I ever really know what those are. But, you know, but within that, I would love to I'd love to figure out a way to do that. No, you were, you were talking about and I think it's important to talk about leveraging time uh, in that way. And I, I remember um, the first time that I really ever thought about it was um, I went to see my friend who's a lawyer in Boston. He's a high powered corporate attorney guy. Um, he does the sale of like uh, sports franchises and stuff. So we're talking about right, right. tens and hundreds of millions of dollars a deal. We got there and he had at the time, his sons were like three and one. And he, but he had some some daughters and we got there and there's some kid, some teenage kid cutting his grass. And I said, what what is this? And he said, well, I said, kid lives down the street. I hire him to cut my grass. And I said, I don't think I'm ever going to do that. And he says, you will when you start getting paid three hundred and eighty dollars an hour. Yeah. yeah. And, and I said, no, nah, I don't think, first of all, that concept was well beyond me, but, but also, you know, that didn't make any sense to me. Like I couldn't have that. And now if, if there was a kid down the street who wanted to cut my grass, I'm gonna hire the kid to do that because I've, I have a chance to do a podcast where I'm going to talk to a thousand people or I'm going to have a chance to do a panel where there's three or 4,000 people in attendance, or I have a book that I need to deliver on the my kid. Yeah. Or I, or you know? I need to play with my kid. There are, there are things that only I can do. Right. And the more time I spend doing the things only I can do versus things really anybody could do. And now, now I just think how dumb was that? Like the kid down the street, where can he get a job? So this is like his only opportunity to learn how to do this. It's an interaction with me and my family. And I know that will be a positive thing for right, him. And it goes back because, to that concept of how we all need that different story. You know, it's often yeah, referred to as the village. Yeah, and then I, and I am I, so much a product of my village. You know, my parents had some awesome sure. lessons about hard work, but because they didn't really have, you know, much financial means, I learned about business and what it takes to succeed from the examples of my neighbors. Right. And one of my mentors, to go back to your point, was said, if it doesn't take your personality, delegate it. And I really like that because that incorporates not just how much money I'm making per that activity. Right. But also it takes my personality to love on my kid. Oh, I people, you should be writing that down. That's fantastic. That's absolutely fantastic. (laughs) And that's really helpful because I think so much we think of time management and how much money we're going to make with it. You know, what's the highest ROI with this time? And yes, our time is our biggest commodity, 
but it's also our greatest gift. You know, it's also the thing that, you know, you can't, um, you know, it's how relationships are grown. Right. So good. So good. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That Chris is like, you all should be writing this down and he's writing it down. Yeah. I wrote it down so because I had, I had that on my office wall for years until it was like, this is a part of who I am because as, as an individual that wants to have a strong family and working from home all these years yeah. with my little kids. Yeah. I had to give my kids, I call it eyeball time. Right. It's just important to give my kids eyeball time every day because nobody else can do that for my children. That's right. You are. And, and this is something that I really want to make sure that what's in my head that I, that I get this out. Um, you're talking about, you know, leveraging your time in the evenings. That's critical time. But it doesn't actually matter whether you think you're a good mother or not. You are the only mother of those children. And the Amen. reason people, you should be writing are, that down. And same with that. Your children, because I believe that a loving God who keeps score on this stuff knows those children need you, not me. Not hotness, not, I mean, they need your hotness. They need right, whatever right. you bring yes. to the table. And, and, and I none asked of us therapist. can replicate that. Yeah, I and asked I a therapist one time, what is the biggest thing that brings people in? And she was like, absolutely, parent issues. Sure. And, you know, we all have our story for good and for bad of how right. our parents sure. oh, sure. us. And so one of the things, I read this book um, when my in my early 20s, and I think the title of it was, It, it Won't Happen to Me. And it was about how alcoholics' children mm-hmm. tend to marry alcoholics because mm-hmm. that is the behavior pattern. Right. And so this was something that really like kind of impacted with me. And so as a mother, I've always, when my kids are, you know, maybe like we're in that moment where they're like, wow, you're a good mom. You're really doing this. And I and I'll turn to them and I'll say, I am simply giving you a platform to launch you in life. And some areas I will fail. In some areas, I will not do as well as you. I expect you to look upon and critique what I'm doing. And the reason that I make this so important with my kids is because in that book, it said the, that dysfunctional families do not allow people to grow beyond their patterns because it makes them uncomfortable. And so, you know, key phrases like, you know, you think you're better than us? Mm-hmm. Well, and my mom used to say, every generation owes it to the last to be better, right? And so I, you're taking those principles and I'm letting my kids know that, yes, I know you'll be in therapy one day because I talk too much, but it won't be because I didn't talk to you, <laughs> right? And that that's okay to analyze and assess what I did right, what I did wrong, and to use the good as a platform to launch into life and the weakness to give us that humility that we're human beings. And I think if- right. Parents are looking at and wondering if I'm a good parent. You are because you're trying. Yes. Yes. Well, you may not be, but it doesn't matter. You're the only parent there is. And you are the only one who can do the job that you are doing. Now, look, I have not been a good parent all my life. I think I've gotten to be pretty decent as I've learned some things. I've grown up a little bit and had a few kids. I have eight children. Oh, wow. That's so, well done. Yay for Utah. Thanks for keeping the numbers up. I knew you guys had a big family, but I forgot it was eight. It's big. Yeah. And number yeah. five. is. And I, I appreciate the hand the gesture towards your wife because she's the one who carried she, it. Right. Well, that. she did the work. I mean, you know, not to put it does take a point two, on it, but, but some jobs are more fun was, than others. Yeah. My part of it was relatively short and quite enjoyable. And then she loved the kid around for nine months. Okay. Uh-huh. So I don't ever forget that. We had however many children she said it was okay to have. Like, this is not on me. Okay. I don't have to do this. And she's, she is the mom and she is the mom. Like the whole, 
this is she is the sun and everybody orbits around mom. But <laughs> but here's the thing. She has moments where, you know, she's hair peeled back and screaming. And, you know, we we've all had those. Right. And doesn't make you a terrible person. And even when you're doing that, you're the only one of those people. Right. So so and and women, I think even more than men, although men, we all think we're terrible fathers. Um, but but women, this this is at least culturally and often religiously as well as like a central role mm-hmm. for and, and the freight that women carry uh, in terms of how important it is for them to do a perfect job as a as a mother and a housewife and a wife and all the things. OK, let me in in a in an infinitesimal fractional way let me take just a little bit of that off you you were chosen for this by a god who knows you and is not confused by how you and your teenage son just don't get along okay right, he understands right. that and the reason you're there is because it's you like you Amen. personally yeah. you not some woman standing in this spot but you and all the good and the bad and the horrible and all of that that you bring is critical to that child however you do it the share your hotness podcast is brought to you by van garrett media Hi, I'm Chris Van Garrett, founder and chief marketing officer of Van Garrett Media. If you're a business owner or a knowledge worker, you know that crafting your own voice and message around your brand is absolutely crucial to your success, especially in the COVID and post-COVID era. But how do you do all of that at the same time still work on your business instead of in it? Don't have a website? Is your logo one of those $50 specials from Fiverr? Was your tagline just stolen dialogue from a 90s sitcom? Hey, we've all been there. You had to start somewhere, am I right? This is where Van Garrett Media can help. We specialize in digital marketing and branding for small and medium-sized businesses. We get to know the root and soul of your business, finding out what makes you tick and why, and then we craft a message that'll make your target audience see you as the solution to their needs. We'll then bring them to you through targeted marketing efforts using everything from social media and SEO to email campaigns to old-fashioned television commercials, radio, and press releases. You can find us on Facebook. Just search out Van Garrett Media, two R's, two T's, or give us a call, 801-386-3896. That's 801-386-3896. Mention this ad and get a hundred bucks off your custom branding package. That's 801-386-3896 or check us out on Facebook, Van Garrett Media. Okay, so here's here's a thought because I'm loving this. I want to chew on it more. Okay. So at the end of a day, because I heard this thing um, in psychology or something that in order to be remembered as a good parent or a good friend or whatever, fill in the blank, you only have to be 80% over the span of that relationship there. Okay. All right. I'm like, sweet. I only have to do 80% awesome today. So, <laughs> you know, um, and obviously there's some days. I know. Yeah. And so it's like at the end of a day, if I could be like, you know what? On average, I kind of did it. So I finished this day well. So today was a day that I can kind of hold up. Okay. He's got a piece of paper and he's like, oh, like almost drooling. He's so excited. Yeah. (laughs) I love it so much. We both have ADD. It is so obvious. (laughs) Like we may have to put a trigger warning. If you don't like two people talking at the same time, don't listen to this. Um, (laughs) Because there's really three languages happening. You and I talking and all the signs and gestures. So, so you could be like, this was a perfect day. Cause I feel like those 54 days that I lived with my daughter before she passed was the most perfect time of my life because I was so laser focused 
there was no distraction of, am I good enough? Right. I mean, everything we're talking about, it was just boiled down to this. You don't have time. You don't have time to analyze. Am I good enough? You're too busy And I wasn't wasting time. Like, I hope I'm good looking. Who cares? Because I was in a wheelchair, you know? And so a big joke I had was like, I painted my toenails so that I looked like I cared. (laughs) Because that was like, a lot of times the first thing people would look at, like, is she really short? Oh yes, she's in a chair, right? You know, so I had all these jokes around it, but that time I literally am, you know, spiritually, emotionally, I look back almost how like people who do some missionary service, like I, you know, I'm assuming you served a mission like I, I did. did. Yes. Church. Yes, I did. And I've heard people who serve like these humanitarian missions, you know, to go build wells. Yeah. That, that yeah. time, that focus, that laser of it makes it a perfect time because we're so centered on what's really important. It, it and really I do cuts away myself. all the stuff that's yes. not. I do compare how I live today to how I lived then. And knowing that that's something that I could, again today, make perfect moments. Yeah, and you and that's really important to, to talk about is the perfect moments. Because obviously, look, um, you're not in a wheelchair right now. Thank so heavens. You, I'm very right. fortunate that... I had a condition that $70,000 of physical therapy could pay for. Not everybody gets that choice. You know, I mean, just, they don't even have a condition that could be. Right. They don't even, right. They can't even, they can't even deal with that. Well, I mean, and and I think it's so important to remember that this moment is that is the moment you have, and you don't have any of the other moments. And that always sounded so frou-free to me. I mean, we have this cultural thing and this is, this is in a lot of ways, this is going to sound funny, but it's very male. The, you know, we're tough. We're, we're, you know, we just deal. And we have these long to-do lists. I have here card, you know, and I have this card holder that has lots of more cards in it and these are this is you my haven't to-do seen list my it's wallet. gigantic you know <laughs> this huge list of things and if i don't check them all off well that was not a productive day and you're not allowed to have a non-productive day because that's you know abdicating your but responsibility those 54 days were very not productive not true they were you enormously know, I mean, but productive. I'm talking about I'm talking about lists productive. But nothing on the list got checked off. And right. that's the but they were productive in my character. Yeah. Two things on this. Yes. Number one, I started and I've played with every system there is. There is not a productivity system out there that I have not seen okay. or tried because I'm I feel like I need to take notes. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. So I, I would build a to-do list. Just, you know, I got I have a to-do right. list. But then I was, I can't remember who suggested it to me. Um, I, I was noticing the disconnect between how satisfied I was with the way that I had been in a day if I didn't look at my list versus if I did look at my list. And mm-hmm. I just felt like that was how how unfair to myself that I was that I was judging whether it was a good day or not based on some tick marks on a piece of paper like how silly was that so a friend of mine suggested well you know what instead of writing a to-do list why don't you write a to-done list Mm. and why don't you write down everything you did during the day and of course if you think about that for just a second you're like oh my gosh like there's going to be 800 things on this i stopped doing it because it was the writing the to-done list meant i wasn't getting other things done but i did start to notice that okay you know I haven't even gotten to work yet in the morning. I'm supposed to camera on, you know, orchestra starts up, out I come, 
for my thing uh, at 8.30 in the morning. Like I, and I have to be rock solid and razor sharp at 8.30 a.m. every day. And then four straight hours, no break. I'm going to do it for four different groups of kids. And they're all different, weird and stuff going on and whatever. Now what and I get, what you know, do you teach to the junior high and high school kids? Um, I, teach his, I teach history. Right now I'm teaching uh, civics and government to okay. the high school and um, great figures of the American past Love to the it. junior high kids. Awesome. Um, and so it's two different, I, and I prepared the stuff for the curriculum and all the slides and all the movies and everything we show and like the whole music with all the soundtrack and everything. I do all of that stuff and it's awesome and I love it, but the show is so great. But so I put all that together and then I do the show and the show's kind of, eh. you know, it didn't, didn't really land. Like it wasn't bad. I didn't, none of these kids are going to go out and become crack addicts because of this show. Okay. But it, but it, it wasn't one of those where, and you know, the difference, like when you have locked in on the group and they're right. locked in on you, it's magic. And that's the goal every time. And right. One of the things that I have the luxury of doing that you don't is that, okay. So I get to, you know, when a group comes to me and they say, okay, I want you to speak on leadership. Yeah. I have a lot of opinions, but that's not my niche. So I get to pick the topic because I can refer them to someone who I, I say, if you can't do a two hour Q&A on something, don't speak on it. Okay. And then typically the people who want to be at my performances, my shows want to be there. So in school, you know, speaking to kids, you don't get to pick per se the topic of the day. There's a curriculum that, you know, federal and state requires you get to jazz it up, but the kids don't always want to be there. So it's a much harder thing than what a professional. I, I think there's, does. there's something to that. Nevertheless. Okay. So I would get to the end, you know, I, I four hours of that. And then I get a break in four hours. And, um, so then I look back and I always go back and rate my sort of review my performance and how did I do and what worked and what didn't work and trying to, you know, always try to make it a little better, try to connect a little better. And I discovered a couple of things with that. Number one is that um, although I, that doesn't check anything, like I do not put teach class on my to-do list, like dog <laughs> teaching class. Don't forget don't breathe, to brush your teeth. Right. I don't yeah. put breathe in and out on there either, you know, but the number of things that have to happen for that class to really rock and roll, it would fill up a page. So I was, I was unintentionally shorting the work that I was big because of the nature of the list. At the same time, if I don't keep a list, I forget all the stuff I'm supposed to do. And then I, you know, people say, Hey, you realize you were supposed to be in Pittsburgh this week. And I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> um, Cause I didn't write it down or what, you know how this works. So, so I have to keep a list a couple of days ago. My son, I went to play basketball with my son. First time we've been able to play basketball in a year. And it was like glorious and beautiful. And I'm so fat and old. So, um, and I don't want well, you to say I am. I just, I want you to say, I currently am not in the state of health that I would like. I currently am not state. in the state of health that I would like to be in. But anyway, so we started, we, we sat, we play, went and played basketball. It was really fun. My son's 25. And so, you know, it, it's great to get out there with him and to do something with him. So that was really fun. But but then we get finished and we're parked in front of the house and we were there for two hours. He works IT for Costa Vida, eat their food. It's awesome. And my um, son works at Costa Vida by us. See, what? so he does the IT. So he keeps track of all the statistics coming in from all of the branches from all over the country. And he was talking about his, putting a system together that would allow those branches to measure a little better, not just how much food did you sell, but, right, right. but there are, he says there are branches where they don't sell a lot of food, 
but they know everybody that comes in the door. So he was looking for ways to measure those kinds of things. And I was thinking while he was talking about that, what am I doing with that? How am I measuring my day? Because I had just had a week that was not, it didn't really go the way I wanted it to go. Right, right, I got right. to the end of it and I lived through it and it was fine, but I don't want to just live through my life. Right, right. That's not good. This it, this is it. Like, this is my life. If I'm not really excited about it, then maybe there are some things that I can do to make it better. So right. I went through and I said, okay, look, I love baseball. If I were playing baseball, my life was a baseball game, and I was playing at a rookie league level, what would be like the rookie league day? The basic, like, I can count myself as a pro, but nobody's going to pay to see me do this. Right, okay. So I put a few things on the list, like um, some time in the scriptures, prayer, don't eat three dozen donuts um, and don't yell at anybody. Like literally that is what is on, on my rookie list. Okay. Okay. As long as I do that, even if I spend the entire rest of the day sitting on the beach, reading a romance novel, that is fine because those are the things that if I don't do those things, they degrade my ability to do anything else. Right. Right. I like that. You can coast through the day, but you're not improving yourself. There are 14 things on my, it's not a to-do list anymore. It's to become. Now it's a to-be list. Ah, got it. I love it. 14 things on here. Yeah. I can still win the day. You can still have a quote unquote perfect day. It can be a perfect day, even though like yesterday I have um, grade um, assignments. Well, I didn't grade any assignments yesterday. So I get an X for that. But you know what I did do? I was on a panel at a writing conference. I did teach school. I did, you know. (laughs) Right. And I'm right around 80%. And I actually really like this because, um, you know, you're talking about these different levels and how you assess yourself. And that never says, because a lot of times people don't want to try unless they can be the, the winner. Right. And right. it's like, you have to become. And, you know, for me, when I have experienced being bedridden, I was bedridden for oh. seven months um, with a pregnancy. And, you know, I'm seeing my life get scaled down, boiled down. The things that I am choosing to do are eyeball time with my family. Right. Cooking dinner because right. my husband's love language right. is acts of service. And in his little fifth grade journal, that's all he talked about was food. And so me making a meal is more important, I know, than ordering it. So if I can't do that, then yeah, we right. can order right, food. Right, right. But this but is a way that I can your, You're talking about putting your personality into it. Well, that's right. when you make food, and it's you're doing that. Yes. And so these are the things. And then what activities are the things that are most important? I think most of the time people are pursuing activities that are not to the core of what makes them who they are. Right. Because I, wasn't I, forever. I love that you yeah. say I'm an amazing speaker, but if you took speaking away, I would still be an amazing person. Exactly. You would. Well, you cool. so healthy. <laughs> it is. And that's why I I'm love about that confidence. you said that. That is right. When and you know, were... 2020, most of us had something yes. taken away and I yes. have had an amazing year. I me have had too. a great time because what's most important to me, you can't take that away. Right. You can't cancel it. You can't reschedule it. You can't take it away. Now, when did you start writing books, Chris? When Professionally. I turned, pro, um, I turned pro six years ago. 
Okay, um, so I, my memory's correct because Hotness is just slight. My first book is just slightly older. Slightly, and I yes. I had this memory that you kind of reached out to me and kind of picked my brain a little bit. I did, and, and then I, I keep to, seeing yeah. you just like plugging books out, and I'm like working on my third. <laughs> yeah, I yeah I have finished 16 novels now and 21 I think total books and uh, but there was a day when it was one and I remember that book I remember writing the end and then I didn't write anything I didn't write another book for 25 years uh, okay. because everybody knows you can't feed a family being a writer and a teacher I mean everybody knows that so well no um, not everyone does I have a lot of people who will come to me and they want to write a book and they're like you know because my books have sold like 40,000 copies cumulatively and they're like oh you know and I'm not even a New York Times bestseller and no they're problem. like I'm going to write this book and I'm going to be rich and I was like um back her up let me explain how the book world works. It is a great um, additional income. It's a terrific way to lose a bunch of money and drive yourself mad too, if you <laughs> want to do it that way. Okay, yeah, so well, almost all my money in writing comes from books with other people's name on the spine. I, I ghostwrite quite a bit. Right. And other pe- then other people make the money and pay me. It's incredibly great. I yes. sit here... And people sell the books that don't, no one even knows I wrote. So if people write one star reviews, I don't care. It's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so this quote from this from this guy. So he says, look, if you're a beginning writer and you can just substitute beginning anything, mother, beginning teacher, beginning ditch digger, beginning plumber, beginning whatever. Um, and um, and you judge your writing because it, it's not great. Um That is sort of like looking at a sack of flour and a couple of eggs and saying, geez, my cake tastes terrible. I love it. I am going to have to, I think we should end with this thought that I want to share with you because there, um, there was a a speaker and I won't share the name because I, I feel like, I don't know if I have permission to share it per se, but I was talking to him and there was this huge line. We were watching this other speaker and he was about to go on next. And then I was going to be going on and much more seasoned, both of them. And I said, you know, and we're looking at the receiving line after the speech. And I said, I just, it's so, it's so hard because everyone wants to tell you their thing and you want to make sure you're genuine and connected person. And it's, you know, it's like, you know, impromptu and it's hard. And he turns to me and he says, but don't you see? That is where he is ministering one by one. And it was like a mic drop and it completely changed how I looked at the receiving line where, you know, when I speak about sexual abuse prevention, everybody yeah. wants to tell me their story. And I, oh. I don't even go into my story in my no. book about exactly what happened because I'm right. sharing the principles, but yet they want to share that with me. And it just made me realize like, that is where we minister is the one-on-one when we connect and it's not a comparison or no, how much no. because it's, it's the depth and the intention of it. Yes. And whatever your life is out there, whatever the thing is that you do, and maybe, you know, you have dreams that maybe they won't ever happen, but please do not, please, please do not ever think yep. that your place in the scheme here could be Absolutely. filled by anyone else because you are critical and unique in that spot that you are in and there is a nobility and a grace in it that you cannot now see but i am telling you that angels look down and bow their heads 
in honor of the work that you do. So please believe me when I say no one else can do that. Do not go away. Do not think no one will miss you. The hole cannot be filled by anyone but you. And that is the only one. Please, please stay in it. it. Suicide and, you know, self-esteem because I can still remember those I've lost. And I love your pleading and- Every one of them, every one of them. Every one of them. Chris, I love you. I wish we had two more hours. You're the best. Thank you, Chris. We'll have you again. See, I'm really just doing a podcast so I can have great conversations with my friends. The Share Your Hotness podcast is produced by Van Garrett Media. Lita Green is the host and creator of the podcast. Chris Van Garrett is the editor, producer, and music director. Shayla Dawn is our research coordinator. Join us next week for another episode of the Share Your Hotness podcast. Thanks for listening. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media. The Share Your Hotness podcast is brought to you by Van Garrett Media. Hi, I'm Chris Van Garrett, founder and chief marketing officer of Van Garrett Media. If you're a business owner or a knowledge worker, you know that crafting your own voice and message around your brand is absolutely crucial to your success, especially in the COVID and post-COVID era. But how do you do all of that at the same time still work on your business instead of in it? Don't have a website? Is your logo one of those $50 specials from Fiverr? Was your tagline just stolen dialogue from a 90s sitcom? Hey, we've all been there. You had to start somewhere, am I right? This is where Van Garrett Media can help. We specialize in digital marketing and branding for small and medium-sized businesses. We get to know the root and soul of your business, finding out what makes you tick and why, and then we craft a message that'll make your target audience see you as the solution to their needs. We'll then bring them to you through targeted marketing efforts using everything from social media and SEO to email campaigns to old-fashioned television commercials, radio, and press releases. You can find us on Facebook. Just search out Van Garrett Media, two R's, two T's, or give us a call, 801-386-3896. That's 801-386-3896. Mention this ad and get a hundred bucks off your custom branding package. That's 801-386-3896 or check us out on Facebook, Van Garrett Media.